It's Philosophy Talk. What sports explains us and the, the, the frenzy about sports explains in present day society is not so much a need but a restlessness about what to do with our bodies. Is the beauty of athletics basically due to the seeming effortlessness of the athlete? Aren't championships and goals what attract people to sports? The, the least mentioned among the important reasons, uh, the important attractives of sports, can be described in a most canonical philosophical way as aesthetic experience. Our guest, Hans Gumbrecht from Stanford University. It is all about being lost in focused intensity. Being lost in focused intensity. And I think in the first place a very, very beautiful, compact mm -hmm. description that works both for the spectator and for the athlete. Athletic beauty, coming up on Philosophy Talk, after the news. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the studios of 91.7 KALW, local and innovative public radio for San Francisco. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the beautiful Stanford campus. And from that oasis of thought, we migrate to this oasis of the air, and from the air to the internet via our blog, theblog.philosophytalk.org. So, Don, I have a, a question for you. Give me a list of your most intense aesthetic experiences. Intense aesthetic experiences. The most beautiful things you've ever witnessed. Most beautiful things. Well, okay. So my favorite is sitting on the deck with a nice glass of scotch watching a beautiful sunset. And then... As the scotch continues to flow, watching and watching the stars come out. I mean, even your man Kant liked the starry heavens. He thought it was somehow important, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, you know, uh, I, I like ballet. Some some parts of it. Uh, I, I like uh, beautiful human bodies, uh, particularly some more than others. Uh, I like to sit along the ocean and, uh, and and watch the sea come in endlessly. Into, Lots of aesthetic you're experiences. You're really into uh, nature and a little bit into art. But I know you're an avid sports fan, and I'm surprised that you left out athletic competitions. Haven't you ever seen a beautifully played football game or baseball game or well, you know, gym, I mean, gymnastics some performance? Of, some of my most memorable experiences are from watching uh, sports. I mean, I, I mean, just take one, uh, Dwight... Dwight Clark's catch, what we call the catch in the Bay Area. Everybody knows what we're talking about. January 10th, 1982, San Francisco for the first time under Bill Walsh, the former Stanford coach, beats <laughs> Dallas yeah. for the conference championship. Wow, that was something. But, uh, but, but the, beautiful? No, was pass, it beautiful? The pass and the leap and the falling into the end zone? Hey, hey, Isn't that beautiful? No, it was one of Montana's typically wobbly but on-target passes and one, and one of Dwight Clark's typically, you know, kind of klutzy but successful I catches. See, I think you're, you have a philosopher's prejudice. Philosophers, when they think about the aesthetic and the beautiful, they always think about high art and high culture and nature, but they never, ever think about sports. I mean, you said it in the opening. Which grips people more? You know, basketball or ballet. I mean, people are intensely, and that intense pleasure they take is an aesthetic appreciation what? of the beauty of the thing, at least in part. <laughs> so, okay, so you're going to convince, I mean, I'm sort of convinced, you know, when people say a philosopher's prejudice, well, why shouldn't I? But, 
but demolition derbies, uh, tractor pulling contests, NASCAR, you're going to convince me this is all beautiful, huh? Well, look, there's lots of complexity. There are lots <laughs> of different kinds of sports with lots of different kind of internal uh, dynamics, and we'll have to explore that. You know, we've been talking about this from the spectator's perspective, but our roving philosophical reporter, Polly Stryker, went out and talked to some participants in various sports and got their take on the aesthetic character of sports. She files this report. Everyone has a favorite sport they love to watch, a gymnast doing a backflip or wrestlers locked together. There's a draw to every sport, the danger of physiques. I spoke with coaches and athletes in sumo wrestling and gymnastics. UC Berkeley's head gymnastics coach, Carrie Dubois, explained the dedication. Starting out with a lot of these young athletes and as they progress, you know, if they're competitive, they're training at least 20 hours a week, if not up to 40 or 50 hours a week at the highest level. I traveled an hour to practice and an hour back, and a lot of these ladies do that all through their elementary, middle, and high school years. And so it was a two-hour drive every day plus a four-hour workout five days a week. Staying in shape for gymnastics is a year-round challenge. We lift weights, we swim, we run stadiums. Our athletes work with a nutritionist, so if they're not getting enough carbs, how can they work on their diet to where they're eating what they need to to help repair their body and get it ready for practice the next day. I asked gymnast Justine Cephas, a senior on the Cal Women's Gymnastics team, about the allure and the danger of what she does. Usually I'm worried about technique. It's, you know, when you let your mind slip that you lose focus, that I think you get hurt. And I think that is part of the draw. You know, people like to see, you know, crashes, whether it's NASCAR or gymnastics, but they also like to see, you know, the big flips. And, you know, I mean, that's like you know, a huge sense of accomplishment that you can do something that so few people can do and that it really is dangerous. But with proper technique and conditioning, you know that you'll be fine. It's not a big leap from gymnastics to sumo wrestling in terms of aesthetic appeal and the rigors of the sport. Andrew Freund is president of the California Sumo Association and director of the U.S. Sumo Open. There's a couple things that are very attractive about sumo, and one factor that's attractive in professional sumo is the incredibly detailed uh, ritual and ceremony. They're throwing salt, they're doing the shko, which is like the stomping, there's so much beauty and grace to what they're doing in professional sumo, and I think that attracts a lot of attention in Japan and around the world. Pro sumo in Japan guards its ranks closely, with only eight or 900 wrestlers. Meanwhile, amateur sumo, like Freund's California Sumo Association, is getting popular as a serious sport for everyone else. Someone could watch sumo for the first time and grasp the basics because it's so simple. You either want to push the opponent out of the ring or you want to push the opponent down to the ground. There's surprise moves, people are flipping others. The course of the match could change in a split second. Part of sumo's appeal is the David versus Goliath nature of it. Take the famous pro sumo example of 600 pound Konishiki versus 200 pound Mainomi. First, Mainomi was too short to get into pro sumo. So he went back to a doctor, got a, a silicon implant in the top of his head and was he was finally admitted to join pro sumo when he uh, came back at the height of five foot seven. Imagine these two guys, 650 pound Konishki and 210 pound Minomi. 
During the course of their professional careers, they had 10 matches against each other. And believe it or not, Mayanomi won six of those matches. Freund coaches 275-pound Dan Kalbfleisch, a rising amateur sumo wrestler who's the current California Openweight and Heavyweight champion. Before a tournament, I, I like to do a lot of heavy weight training, especially the legs to gain strength and the chest, especially when I'm using a slapping motion. Many people don't realize that it's not just the fat. I mean, there's a lot of muscle underneath that fat. I also do a lot of cardio training. Although the matches are only 10 seconds, I, I want to be able to recover quick for my next match. Does Kalbfleisch think sumo is beautiful? Just like any sport, I think it's beautiful to see the human body doing what it does, you know, moving in the way that the human body does. I think people love to see that in motion, and uh, it definitely is beautiful. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Polly Stryker. Want to hear more? You can find the complete episode on iTunes Music, or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.